A Wish in the Dark by Christina Soon Tornvat. Chapter 5. You're no fun anymore, said Somkit. He said this a lot lately. I thought you wanted me to lie low, said Pong. Stay out of trouble. Yeah, well, I didn't mean for you to turn into a tree stump. Besides, since when do you listen to anything I say? Seriously, what's up with you? Pong shrugged. He knew he'd changed. No more scuffling with older girls, no more arguments with guards. Pong had become quiet. He just didn't feel like talking. It had been three months since the governor's visit. Pong had been so excited that day, even though he hadn't dreamed that he'd actually get the chance to tell the governor how much he admired him. And when the chance did come, everything had gone so very wrong. Pong would have thought it had had all been a bad dream if he didn't still have the faded glass orb tucked behind his mat in the boys' bunk room. Every night, Pong lay there with the used-up glass close to his head. He could still remember the orb's beautiful gold glow, so much brighter than the violet orbs they had to make do with at Nam Wan. He could still hear the governor's words. Not the words of his speech, those famous phrases printed on posters and in school books. No, the words that haunted Pong were the ones the governor had spoken in his ear as the prisoners had began to sing their song. Look at them, he whispered to Pong, nodding at the prisoners. They go free, but they always come back. Year after year, the jails are full. The world is full of darkness, and that will never change. And then the governor leaned half an inch closer to Pong. He looked into Pong's eyes with his own cold stare. Those who are born in darkness always return. You'll see. You and I will meet again. And then the governor had squeezed his fingers tight and the orb in Pong's hand had gone dark. That was when Pong realized how stupid he'd been. Had he really thought he'd grow up to work for the governor himself? The governor would never let someone like him come even nearer. Pong's dreams of a life outside Namwang vanished in that instant. Things wouldn't be any different out there. Not for him. The world's full of darkness and that will never change. Didn't matter what he and Somkit did or how old they got, they would be in the dark wherever they went. Pong didn't share his thoughts with Somkit. He closed them inside himself where they hardened into a physical thing, making a box around his heart. And when night fell and the lights of Chitana blazed across the water, Somkit chattered on and on about orb motors and the latest speedboat models. Pong stayed silent. He turned his face away from the river gate. If anything, the lights only made Namwon seem darker. Though the nights had changed, the days for Pong and Somkit were the same. For Somkit, that meant fruit scavenging. Mangoes were the only fruit the prisoners were allowed to have, and only then because they dropped straight into their arms. But the prison guards, like most people in Chitana, lived for their fruit. Once a week after payday, they would wait on the boat dock and wave down the fruit boats heading to the floating markets in the city. The prison children would press their faces against the metal gate and sniff the sweet scent of mangosteens. 
Oops. And Rambutans, the acid aroma of pomelos and green oranges. They would suck the fruit-flavored air down their nostrils and roll it around on their tongues. But there was one fruit they would not smell. Dorian is called the king of fruits. It's creamy and rich, more like custard or pudding than something you'd expect to find growing on a tree. Its flavor is musky, buttery, sweet at first, tangy at the end. It makes the back of your neck hot to eat it. It tastes like heaven. It smells like the opposite. After flagging down the Dorian boatmen, the guards would carry the enormous spiky-skinned fruit to the wooden table under their shaded pavilion. They hacked the fruit open with a machete, careful not to get the juice on their hands or clothes. They scooped out the yellow flesh inside and rolled their eyes back in their heads with pleasure. After an hour, the guard, the ground all around the table would be littered with piles of Dorian husks, stinking like dying mongoose. That's where Somkit came in. Somkit was the only kid in Namwon who didn't mind the smell of Dorian. He was happy to gather the stinking, sticky rinds and cram them into the trash baskets by the river dock. The guards rewarded him for his help by letting him scrape up any remaining fruit. The baskets didn't do much to hide the smell, but luckily the trash man would come in his boat that same evening to dump them downriver. One hot afternoon, the guard had just finished off a particularly ripe, particularly smelly Dorian, and more husk littered the pavilion ground than usual. Somkit held one of the rinds, scraping out the last bit of flesh with his fingers. Hey, Pong, help me take these to the trash. No way, said Pong, holding his nose and breathing through his mouth. That's your thing, not mine. Come on, don't be a jerk, Somkit coughed. Pong's ears tuned to the raspy sound Somkit Somkit had trouble breathing. Running or doing anything active could make him collapse in a fit of coughing. A few times it had been really bad, and Pong had watched him choke and gasp like a fish drowning on dry land. Are you okay? Pong asked. Yeah, I'm fine, said Somkit, but he coughed again three times. His eyebrows shot up with each cough like someone was poking him in the ribs. Pong was pretty sure it was a trying-to-get-out-of-work cough. But he rolled his eyes and grumbled, Fine, let's get it over with. He gulped in a big breath and started picking up the rinds with the tips of his fingers, fingernails. The juice oozed back in, onto his wrists as he followed Somkit to the trash. The trash basket sat near the river dock on the other side of the guard's storage hut. The baskets reeked sweetly like raw chicken left in the sun all day. Pong opened the lid and gagged at the rotting smell of old Dorians mixed with old bananas, old orange peels, and old eggshells. He dumped the Dorian rinds in with the rest. I'll go back and get what's left, said Somkit. Cram all that down to make room, okay? Oh, come on, protested Pong. Just do it, said Somkit, making the same eyebrow cough as he walked away. I'll be right back. Pong waited, craning his face away from the Dorian stench. When Somkit still hadn't come back, he leaned around the corner of the storage shed to look for him. 
It was the hottest part of the day, and the prisoners lay dozing or chatting in the shade on the other side of the courtyard. The guards, full and happy, reclined on the steps, picking their teeth. Pong had their schedules memorized, and he knew they wouldn't get up for another 40 minutes when they changed shifts. No one in the entire prison was paying attention. Pong had never thought about escaping Nam Wan before, but now the opportunity lurched up like a mud skipper and slapped him across the face with its tail. He could get out of Nam Wan, not when he was 13, now. Without pausing to think, Pong tipped the basket and Pong tipped the basket and climbed inside. He took one last gulp of semi-fresh air and wriggled down under the trash. He nearly threw up as he pushed the Dorian skins, orange rinds, and banana peels around him, packing them over his head, covering his face. He breathed through his mouth as shallowly as he could. With one eye pressed against the straw weave of the basket, he could see a blurry, golden view of what was happening outside. He froze when he heard footsteps coming closer. Someone swung open the basket lid and held it open for a long time. Pong listened, but he couldn't tell who stood there. Some kit? A guard? Whoever it was, they shut the lid and walked away. Surely Somkit would wonder where he'd gone. Surely he would start asking if anyone had seen Pong. But no one called for him, and Somkit never came back. Pong sat gagging in the basket, stinky juice dripping off his hair and down the bridge of his nose. He didn't know if he could make it until the trash man came back. The whole thing began to feel like a really bad idea. Pong was ready to give up and get out, but now the guards had moved back into position and would see him if he climbed out of the basket. He'd have to wait until sundown for the next shift change. As the sun began to set, the trash man arrived. When Pong heard him whistling, he seized with terror. He was sure that when the man lifted the basket, he'd realize it was too heavy. Pong's nervous stomach writhed like a bowl of eels. What had he had been thinking? He was going to get caught at any moment. And then what would he say? I fell into the basket, you see. I tried to call for help, but no one heard me. Please don't put me into solitary confinement. Being inside a basket of Dorian is punishment enough. One benefit of being underfed is that you don't weigh much. The trashman lifted the basket with just a little, eff- a little more effort than usual, hauled it to the river dock, and plopped it down into his boat. Pong couldn't see much of what was happening, but he swore he spotted his friend's silhouette standing at the gate. Suddenly he realized everything he was leaving behind. No, wait, he thought. I can't go without some kit. But it was too late. The trashman shoved the boat away from the dock with his bare foot, and they were off down the river.